Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2016 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Thursday the 2nd of June 2016, entitled, Win Your Race. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Here's missionary Darren Rogers. And it is, it's a, it's a joy to, um, to be with you for this missions conference. And uh, like Pastor said, it's been 10 years um, since we went into full-time ministry. I was an aircraft engineer uh, before the Lord called me to preach. And uh, I worked as an aircraft engineer for 15 years for GE Aviation Services. I worked on commercial aircraft engines, um, CFM-56s and G90s, which power the, the, some of the smaller aircraft and some of the bigger aircraft. And in uh, um, November 2003, I surrendered my call to preach. And in August of 2006, uh, I started at uh, Bethany Baptist Church in pont de uh, And I'm thankful. And I got a, a, a big heart um, for missions because it was a missionary pastor from Georgia that led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I was brought up in church. My mum and dad were both saved as teenagers. So um, my brother and I were brought up in church. Um, but in all of those years of me going to church, I'd never heard the gospel. Um, I had no doubt that God existed. I had no doubt that Jesus Christ was who he said he was, that he died upon the cross. But I had no idea of what that meant to me. And even though I'm thankful to the American missionary that led me to the Lord, I'm thankful for the person um, who, even though they weren't called to be a missionary at that time, still acted out the part of a missionary. And that was my wife, because it was my wife that um, came to um, my church and realized that there was no gospel being preached. And she was the one who told me um, about the Lord, and she was the one who encouraged me to come to this church. And I'm just thankful that she took that great commission um, to preach the gospel to, uh, to every creature, including a creature like me. Amen. So it's important, you know, that um, whilst... This church is amazing because of the amount of missionaries that you support. But it doesn't mean just because the church gives to missions that that's your part in, in missions. Because each and every one of us is called to be a missionary. Um, you are, you know, you can reach places. We always say this, that, you know, the, the Kalins can obviously reach um, people in Romania that you wouldn't be able to reach. And the Kellys can reach people in Ireland that you wouldn't be able to reach. And perhaps we could reach people in Wales um, that you couldn't reach. But you can reach people exactly where you are that we couldn't reach. So each and every one of you is called in that way to be a missionary, to fulfill that great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I just want to share um, two thoughts over the next couple of evenings. Because um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard um, you know, the, the saying, only one life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will last Anything that we do for the Lord Jesus Christ is not done in vain. Anything that we do for him is, is worth it. And one day we'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and he'll reward us for what it is that we've done for him. And I suppose the question that I have in terms of the, the message you had last night in going into all the world and preaching the gospel, I, I suppose the question I have for us is, do we care what it is that we'll have to give back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll just read a few 
um, a few of the, the, the last verses in First Corinthians um, chapter 9. It says in, in verse 24, Know ye not then uh, that they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Now why is Paul running the race? Well, if you look in verse 23, he says, This I do for the gospel's sake. Um, and he tells us that the, we run to obtain the prize. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house once again. We thank you for the privilege as ours to be able to gather around your word and to hear directly from you. Father, I pray that you'd help us to apply this precious word to our hearts and to our lives. Help us to understand the importance of the gospel message or help us to understand the, 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 the burden that we ought to have for those around and about us. And Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in such a way over this, the, these few days or over this during this missions conference that we too would leave this place with a desire to be a missionary to those that we can, Lord, that we would have that burden and that passion to proclaim that gospel message, a message which changed our lives, a message which changed our eternal destiny. Father, I pray that you'd help us to understand uh, that the, the coming, that you were coming is so soon that we ought to be busy about your business. Father, we ask all of these things in Christ's most wonderful and precious name. Amen. How, how many of you have, have ever said a phrase like this or have ever had a phrase said like this to you? It's the taking part that counts. Have you ever played a game and somebody said it was the taking part that counts? Do you know the type of people who say it's the taking part that counts? It's the ones that lose. It's always, it's always the ones who lose, whether it's Monopoly or whether it's um, football or rugby or whatever sport it is. The ones who lose normally turn around and say, well, it's the taking part that counts. Paul has something different to say about the Christian race. Oftentimes, our, our lives are referred to, or our Christian walk is referred to as a race. Paul refers to us as athletes. Or, uh, and here he says he doesn't want us to take part in the race. He wants us to win it. Um, and it's important that we understand that, you know, the whole purpose of sport is to win. Um, I have never yet gone to a, a, a rugby match in, in the Millennium Stadium and thought, oh, I hope we come at least second today. You want to win. Um, no matter what it is, you want to win. Um, but I think the unfortunate thing today is there are too many Christians who just want to take part. There are too many Christians who just want to come to church just because... I don't know, maybe it's because they feel they get their tick in the box because they've done the church thing for a week. But the Lord has not asked us to take part in Christianity. He's asked us to not only run our race, but he's asked us and commanded us to win it. Um, and depending on how we run our race and depending on what we do with our lives as Christians will depend upon those that we reach for the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing is this, you will either be an advert for the Lord... You will either point people to the Lord Jesus Christ or you will be a testimony 
that God's word is false and that God is not as powerful as Christians have said that he is. What does that mean? Well, if we are living our lives in such a hypocritical way that we say one thing on a Sunday and then we live like the world the rest of the week, we are basically saying that God's word has no no power and that God is of no effect whatsoever in our lives. But if we win our race, if we give it the, the effort that we ought to, then we will be a testimony for the Lord. We will be an advert, if you like, for what the Lord can do in our lives. Paul refers to our Christian life as a race. And Paul's favorite illustration uh, are from the Olympic Games. Uh, when we speak of the Olympic Games, we, you know, it's a, it's a variety of sporting events. It's, you know, we, we have the track and we have the field and it's a whole host of sporting events. And that's, Paul mentions three types of sport in this small passage of scripture and the the word race in the Greek here that Paul is talking about is where we get our English word stadium from. It speaks of an arena that is set down for a fixed course of measured lengths and we need to understand that we are in a Christian race. Uh, he has referred to our lives as a race before, Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we had also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In the latter days of Paul's life, Paul said, I have, um, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. The same word that was used to describe this stadium. I have finished that length that God, that, that course of race that God has set before me. Paul refers to our Christian life as a race. He refers to it as, uh, if you look here again, he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth a prize. And every man that striveth for the mastery. That word striveth there is where we get the, our word agony from. It's basically, Paul is talking about, we've seen in the Olympic Games, we have, they have like um, something similar to wrestling. Um, they have judo, they have boxing, but they have something that's, that's very similar to wrestling. And that's what Paul is talking about. Uh, our, our Christian life is also referred to as a wrestling match. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? You've been in one big, <laughs> you've been in one big wrestling match with the devil. Um, but Paul is saying that the, the, the word striveth is where we get the word agony from. And it speaks of competing in a contest. It's, it suggests the idea of competing with such effort that every muscle and every nerve is, if you like, in pain because of the exertion. Um, we've, we've gone, if you like, to breaking point. Uh, it's not a matter of, of just a little game that somebody wants to play over and over and over again. And I think what Paul is saying is this, is, guys, it's, it's time to get serious about our Christian walk. It's, it's, it's a wrestling match. You, you can't just turn up and run a race. You couldn't just turn up tomorrow and run the London Marathon. You couldn't just, I probably don't remember Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy, but 
Malcolm Desley, there we are. You couldn't just go in the ring with giant haystacks. Google it. Um, giant haystacks or Big Daddy. You couldn't go in and, and just try and wrestle with somebody without the, the, the relevant training. But Christians today, we are under-trained. We're not prepared for the race. We're not prepared for, if you like, the wrestling match that is before us. Paul also refers to our life as a boxing match. So I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Uh, so fight I is a translation of the Greek word um, um, uh, pugma, which is where we get our word pugilist from, and it's a reference to using our fists as a weapon. In each of these terms that Paul has used, a racer, a wrestling match, a boxing match, the aim is to win. Like I said earlier, I have never yet seen anybody who, who, who goes into the field of whether it's athletics or whether it's boxing or wrestling or whatever it is, nobody goes into those games to come second. The aim is to win. And Paul says, know ye not, the day which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. It is about time Christians in the UK started to win their race. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you, you see sometimes, what, what's, what's one of the first things that um, sportsmen do after they lose? They make excuses. It's usually the referee's fault. Or decisions didn't go their way. Or, you know, it was just you know, the, 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 the rub of the green or the bounce of the ball or... But the bottom line is this, they weren't good enough to win. And Christians make far too many excuses. Oh yeah, well, you know, busy through the week. You can't make your Wednesday night for prayer meeting or Bible study. And I, you know, I can't expect me to make two services on a Sunday. And surely you don't mean read your Bible every day and pray. We make excuses. And then we wonder why Christianity is in the state that it's in. We wonder why our churches are closing down the rate of one a week. Because the Christians are not in their race to win it. We're just taking part. And then when we lose, we make up a whole host of excuses. Why it was somebody else's fault. And it's about time we started, about time we started winning. Paul said, win your race. What does it take to be a winner? Well, winners have desire. They are contenders. Know ye not the day which run in a race, run all but one receiver the price. So run that ye may obtain. Have the desire to win your race. Paul didn't just live life. He had a, he had a desire. And um, Paul in Acts chapter 14 is preaching to the crowd in Lystra. And uh, they're so incensed by the, the gospel. They're so angry at the message that Paul is preaching that they take Paul and they drag him outside of the city and they stone him. And what does Paul do next? He gets up, goes back into the city, and preaches the gospel. What does it take for us to stop proclaiming the gospel at the first obstacle that comes our way? Oh, well, people will think I'm odd. People will think I'm fanatical. You know, I, uh, they, they don't mind me going to church, but surely they don't want me to push my, my views on them. You get the old thing, Bible basher, or, you know, don't... Don't ram that down my throat. You've got you, your views. I've got my views. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
win your race. Have a desire to win that race. Have a desire to, 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 to run uh, as we should. Have a desire uh, to be uh, the contender. Paul had a burning desire that even the threat of physical violence couldn't stop him from preaching the gospel. And here's my question, what does it take to stop you from being a witness for the Lord? What does it take? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith, Paul said. Any of you remember the Rocky films? I think they're on about Rocky 420. Now, Sylvester Sloan is so old. He's, he's really flogging a dead horse. But Rocky, I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I was um, young and these Rocky films came out and Rocky's trainer, um, I can't remember the guy's name, Mickey? Mickey. I think his trainer was Mickey. And uh, he saw this young fighter, this southpaw from Philadelphia, and uh, he knew there was something about him. Uh, and I understand it's a fictional film, but you understand what I'm trying to say. He had a desire to win. And at the end of the Rocky film, Apollo Creed, who was the, 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 the world's heavyweight champion at the time, kept knocking him down onto the canvas, and he kept getting back up. And I remember at one point of the film, Apollo said, stay down. But he didn't. He kept getting back up. And Mickey said to him, you're a contender. How many Christians fail to get back up because of one knockdown? You know, we, we go out maybe and uh, we go out to hand out some tracks and, and one person refuses to take a tract off as we are not doing that again. Or we knock on one door and somebody slams the door in our faces. Oh, my feelings are hurt. I'm not doing that again. Or maybe somebody looks at us sideways in church. I'm not going back there. Maybe the pastor says something from the pulpit and we always, pastor's the easiest person to blame. You know, pastor will preach a message that the Lord has laid on his heart. Somebody takes it personal. Oh, I'm not going back there again. We're a bunch of wimps. We've got no desire to win. And at the first knockdown, we stay down. And then we wonder why Christianity is in the state that it's in. There's a difference between contenders and pretenders. Pretenders are concerned about image and impression. Contenders are concerned about authenticity and integrity. Pretenders settle for mediocrity. Contenders strive for excellence. Pretenders quit in difficulty. Contenders grow through difficulty. And what Paul is trying to say is if you want that incorruptible crown, if you want that prize that the Lord Jesus Christ will one day award to you, then you've got to be a contender. You've got to have a desire. All of these, all of these events, the, whether it's boxing or the racing or the wrestling, has one thing in common. They cost something for the prize to be won. Can I say to you, and, and, I, 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 and I'm not... <laughs> I'm not laying the, or, or, or placing salvation to the, the, the level of a prize. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But salvation, we always say salvation is free. Yeah, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Whilst it doesn't cost us anything, it costs him everything. There is a prize to be won as a Christian. But it costs us something but we've got to have the desire. We've got to be a contender 
to run this race so that we can win it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone is running the race, Paul said. There's only one who's going to win the prize. The word obtain. He said, know ye not that they which run in a race, run all, but one receive of the prize. So run that ye may obtain. That word means to seize eagerly that which you have your eyes and your heart set upon. That's the way we should live this life as a Christian. We should run the race that is set before us. Have a desire to be a witness to people. Have a desire to be the missionary that you need to be wherever the Lord has placed you. Have a desire to read your Bible. Have a desire. You say, well, I can't witness because I, I don't know what to say. Then you need to study. Paul said to Timothy, study to show thyself approved. But if we're not going to read the Bible, how are we going to know what it means? How are we going to be able to tell others what it means? We've got to have a desire. Win our race. But not only do winners have desire, they have discipline. They are competitors. They have a discipline to train. Yeah, you, you look at um, athletes, you know, whatever sport it is. They don't just suddenly turn up on a Saturday and, uh, and play a sport. Because if they did that, I can guarantee you this, they wouldn't be as good as the person who's trained all week. Um, muscles would get torn, um, ankles would get, or joints would get sprained. and They've got a discipline to train. Discipline is the fuel of success. And if you are not disciplined, if we are not disciplined in our Christian life, how can we have success? It's because of the discipline, if you like, of this church that has faithfully given to missions for so long that you've been able to support our work for, for 10 years. And, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to be in that work if it wasn't for this church's discipline in giving faithfully to the Lord's work each month. We've got to have a discipline, though, in each aspect of our Christian, in our Christian walk. If we attempt to live the Christian life without spiritual discipline, then it would be like, it'd be like trying to do, uh, you know, be an expert at a sport that we'd never, ever had a, a done before. It'd be like me climbing into the ring with Mike Tyson and expecting to go 15 rounds. I probably couldn't go 15 seconds. Paul tells us that a competitor has strict training. He, he beats his body into subjection. He, he says that uh, uh, every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as when the beat of the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be called a castaway. Paul says that there's strict training. You know, when somebody trains for the Olympic Games, they don't start like three weeks before. Oftentimes they've started the previous Olympic Games. And they've been training for years and years and years and years. And they're disciplined. Do you know what they'll do? They'll, they'll, not, they'll not eat certain foods. They'll stay away from certain foods so their body is in the absolute prime condition that it needs to be in order for their field. They will exercise every single day, even when they don't feel like it. 
Most Christians are not disciplined. Most Christians couldn't care less how fit they are. And then we expect to be able to go 12 rounds with the devil and come out on top. We're in a fantasy world. We are Christians. We are living in a fantasy world. If we think that we can just turn up uh, on match day, as it were, and we've not read our Bibles, we've not prayed, we've not prepared our hearts for Sunday morning, we've not prayed for the pastor, we've not prayed for the church, we've not prayed for the people outside these walls, and then we expect to walk in the church and revival to break out. Well, we've got to do our bit as well. You see, we can pray for revival all we want, and we can beg God for revival all we want, but this is what the Bible says. He says, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sin, then will I heal their land. But we just want to turn up for the one hour that we can be bothered to get out of bed for and come to church. We want to turn up for that one short time and think, oh, why isn't revival coming? Why is the church in such a mess? Why is Christianity the way it is today? Oh, this is happening and that's happening. And we, we're not disciplined. We're not disciplined to pray. We're not disciplined to study. We're not disciplined to witness. We're not disciplined to do anything. And yet we expect God to then pour out his blessings upon us. You know, when an athlete trains, they then, if you like, reap the rewards of all that hard work of training. The Bible says that you reap what you sow. If you're not willing to put the effort in, then don't expect to get anything out of it. You reap what you sow. Winners have discipline. They have um, that desire. And they have denial. They, they, they have, if you like, self-control. Paul, again, says, I bring my body, I keep my body, and bring it into subjection. Every man that participates in the games is temperate in all things. He said, name a game, it doesn't matter. Uh, what you name, it, it doesn't matter. One requirement is common to all, and that's temperance. That is self-control. Every man that striveth for the mastery, every man that striveth in the games has to practice self-control. And that's not something that is practiced in the Christian life today. We don't practice self-control. Paul preached to Felix and he preached to him with three points. That's why I think Paul was a Baptist. He had a three-point message. He preached to him about righteousness, about temperance, and about the judgment to come. He preached to him about self-control. And the Christian is not very self-controlled today. The athlete has great self-control. There are certain things they deny themselves for the sake of the sport, whether they be the wrong kind of food or the wrong kind of lifestyle. What is it that we ought to be denying ourselves as Christians? I understand that we're in the world, but we're told to not be of the world. We're to stand out from the world. We're to stand out from the crowd. Not to be a, a self-righteous, judgmental, holier-than-thou, but we're meant to be a light. We're meant to be a light in a dark world. Unfortunately, 
because of our lack of self-control, because of our lack of denial, if you like, in certain areas of our lives, our light has started to dim. And we're no longer, if you like, distinguishable from the world around us. It's interesting when Paul wrote this letter to the church of Corinth, it was actually a slur to be called a Corinthian. Oh, you're just, you're just like a Corinthian. Because the lifestyle was such whereby anything went. And that was even in the church. That's why Paul had to write um, 1 Corinthians 11 when he talked about the Lord's Supper because they turned the Lord's Supper into a, a drunken feast and, and, and a feast where anything and pretty much everything did take place. We ought to have a bit of self-control as Christians so that we can win this race, so that we can be that witness, so we can be that light, so we can be that testimony. And finally, winners have direction. What was the purpose of this uh, race, as it were? What was the purpose of this wrestling, of this boxing? It was for a crown. It was for a prize. Not an incorruptible crown. Not a, not a corruptible crown, an incorruptible crown. And I suppose the question is this, what kind of race are we running? Are we running so that we may obtain? Are we running with certainty? My dad used to, uh, when me and my brother were growing up, um, my dad was a, a 400 metre Welsh record holder um, in athletics when uh, he was younger. And uh, both my dad and my brother were really fit. And dad would always try and race us. And you know what it's like, you say, right, we'll race to this lamppost, on your marks, I said, go. I don't know why he said on your marks, I said, go, you probably know where race starts. But anyway, and he'd race towards this lamppost and you could never catch him. He was really, really quick. But then as my brother and I started to get a little bit older, and as we started to do sports in school, and as, as Dad started to get a little bit older, we got older and got faster. Dad got older and got slower. It was great. We could start to catch him up then. But then Dad would change tactics. He would say, right, we run to the lamppost. On he marks, I said, go. So me and my brother would sprint in that direction, and Dad would sprint in this direction. So me and my brother were running uncertainly we were running without any direction whatsoever you imagine I, I mean I don't know what your favorite sport is whether it's football or basketball or rugby or whatever it is but you imagine a sport whereby we didn't keep score and we removed all the markings from off the pitch it would be complete chaos and there would be no point to it that would be running uncertainly you see, there's a, there's a purpose to our Christian lives. There is a purpose that God has saved us. You know, we haven't just been saved so that we can go to heaven, which is, is not, a, not a bad thing to, you know, to be saved and to be headed to an eternity with the Lord. I understand that. But he saved us for a purpose. What is that purpose? Well, I understand it's always to bring glory to the Lord. But one of the purposes that he saved us for is for us to be a witness. We're to be a witness. We're not to run uncertainly. There is a purpose in, in what we have to do in our lives. And we run this race for this prize, for this uh, in 
incorruptible crown. Um, Paul also says not only um, about running uncertainly, but he says, one that beateth the air. This isn't just talking about shadow boxing. This is talking about somebody just flailing their arms for no purpose whatsoever. Doesn't achieve anything. And Paul is saying there is a purpose to our lives. There is a direction to our lives. We're not running uncertainly. We're not like somebody who's just flailing our arms about and, you know, um, doing a whole host of things with no purpose whatsoever. We've got to make every single blow count for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said he keeps his body, or he keeps under my body. The Greek literally means to beat black and blue, to effectively deliver a telling blow. Paul is saying that this is what I do to my body. I deliver a telling blow. I deliver a knockout blow. I make my body behave itself. And some people will miss out on this crown because they've not learned to keep their body under control. You see, just as the athlete needs to be controlled so does the christian the reward for this crown is how we live our christian lives do we live a self-denied life would we rather please the lord or would we rather please ourselves when the lord jesus christ was in the garden of gethsemane he knew what was in front of him he knew that that cross was just hours away he said, Lord, I, <laughs> I would if this cup would be removed from me, but not my will be done, but thine. Would we be able to say the same thing? Do we want God's will to be done in our lives? Can we live that self-controlled, self-denied life, as it were? Can we bring our bodies into subjection? In order to gain this incorruptible crown which is held out for us, we, are, we, ought to be, we ought to be able to bring our bodies into subjection. We ought to be able to keep under our bodies. We ought to be able uh, to, to live that self-denied, that discipline, that, that direct life as a Christian. Are we using our bodies, as it were, for the glory of God? You see, when the Olympics, and it's, it's still the same today, in, in, the, in the Olympics back then, when somebody won uh, a race, they would, they would gain a crown. Paul said, you know, it was, a, it was a corruptible crown. It was a crown that would perish because it was a crown of laurel leaves. Uh, and, and what those laurel leaves would do then is they would plant this crown. They would uh, award it to the winner. And what the winner would do then is they would walk across to their king and they would lay that crown at the king's feet and say, I win this race for you. We do exactly the same thing in our modern-day Olympics, except, you know, whilst they still awarded some kind of a, 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 a laurel wreath, it is no longer presented to the king, what happens? The flag is raised and we sing the national anthem. Because it's the same principle. So what then is our purpose in winning this crown in this race that we're in? Well, if you read the book of Revelation... Revelation chapter 4 and verses 11 and 12, you'll see the 4 and 20 elders who cast their crowns at the Lord Jesus Christ's feet. You see, on the day that we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, we will be rewarded, depending on how we lived our lives as Christians 
we will receive certain rewards. One of them is an incorruptible crown. That crown is awarded depending on how we run our race, depending on whether or not we had the desire to win, depending on whether or not we had the, the, uh, the dedication to win, depending on, on whether or not we had the right direction, depending on whether or not we had the right denier. The Lord will award us with that crown. And what will we do with that crown? We lay it at the Lord's feet. And we say, I lived my Christian life for you. You know, he wore a crown of thorns for us. The unfortunate thing is, is the Christian is either unaware of the crowns that are available to them, or they're aware of them, but they just don't care what type of crown they'll have to present to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said we're in a race. We're in a wrestling match. We're in a boxing match. And the Christian ought to have the desire and the passion to win. Can I say this to you? We're already on the winning side. Wouldn't you like to go into any sport knowing that your team's already won? That'd be great. As a Welsh rugby supporter, that'd be, I'd be over the moon with that. That'd be great. But we're on the winning side. And the Lord Jesus has already said that um, thanks be to God, which give us, giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're already on the winning side. He's already given us the victory. He's already given us all that we need to win this race. We've just got to apply it to our lives. We've just got to take this word as read and we've just got to apply it. Paul says in, in closing that verse out something that's quite remarkable. He said, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you see that word castaway? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Because it's probably the, the same thing that came to my mind when I first saw that word. Is anyone else thinking of Robinson Crusoe or is it just me? Castaway. Tom Hanks, there we are, bringing up the perhaps a little bit more modern day. Um, castaway, somebody who's, who's stuck on a, on, a, on a desert island. That's not what the word means. You see, in these Olympic Games, and a little bit closer to Paul, there's something called the Isthmian Games, which is very similar. But in both of those games, they had a herald. And the herald's job was to find out who the castaway was. And the herald would literally just observe everybody who ran the race. And a castaway was anybody who didn't give 100%. And being declared a castaway would actually disqualify you from the race itself. Paul said, I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be somebody who is not going to give it 100%. So my question for you is this. Are you willing to win your race? Are you prepared to win your race? Are you prepared to give 100% in order to win your race? The Lord's not looking for half-hearted Christians. Lukewarm Christians, he actually says in Revelation chapter 3, makes him sick. He said, word that they were hot or cold. But you need that. And because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, I like hot coffee. And I like 
ice cold coffee, frappuccinos. Very, very debonair, I understand. But I like cold coffee, freezing cold coffee, and I like boiling hot coffee. But lukewarm coffee tastes really bad. I like freezing cold water, and I like boiling hot water. But lukewarm water, really bad. Tastes nasty. You see, the problem that we have today, Christians are not willing to give 100%. They look warm. They look warm in terms of their Bible reading. They look warm in terms of their praying. They look warm in terms of attending church. They look warm in terms of witnessing. They look warm in terms of all that the Lord has asked them to do. And according to the Bible, it's not my opinion, but according to the Bible, that makes God sick. Are we willing to give 100%? I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Can I say that a sacrifice is not a 50% thing? The Lord didn't give 50% on the cross of Calvary. The Lord didn't even give 75% on the cross of Calvary. He gave his all. How dare we not give him 100% when he gave his all for us? Are we ready to win our race? Are we ready to receive an incorruptible crown, which in turn we will give back to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, I run this race for you. I won this race for you. I lived a self-denied life for you. I gave my all, whether it was in my Bible reading, my prayer time, my church attendance, my witnessing, my testimony, I gave my all for you. The Christian life is really simple. But we make it so complicated. We like to put in little small prints so that we can get out of doing what the Lord has clearly told us to do. Awful simple. Just win your race. Give it 100%. Do what you can do, where you can do it. Because you can be the best missionary where the Lord has placed you. And you were able to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ far better than I can. Whether you believe it or not, one day you will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll give an account of how you've lived your life as a Christian. The Bible also says that in that day, the Lord will wipe away all tears. I wonder if those tears are from the ones who didn't give it 100% and took Christianity far too lightly. What an amazing privilege is ours to be able to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a message that he's given to us. So the message is different from any other message that any other religion in this world has. And he's given it to us. Are we giving it 100%? Only one person who can answer that. And that's you. Great. Father, we thank you again for this time together. We thank you for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to gather around you a word. I just pray that you would take these few thoughts, Lord, and that you would help us 
uh, to apply these precious words of, uh, of you as Lord from your word to our hearts and to our lives. Father, we just ask that you would help us to, to not only run our race, but to win it, Lord. Help us to be the testimony that we ought to be. Help us to, to give it 100% in our Christian lives. Help us, Lord, to be that living sacrifice that you demand. Help us to be on fire for you, that we would be the, that hot Christian, as it were, rather than a lukewarm Christian that makes you sick. Father, we pray that you would use us in whatever way you see fit. Father, again, I thank you so much for this church and the sacrifice, the sacrifices that they've made over the years for, uh, for us as a family, Lord, and for our ministry. Father, I pray you'd continue to use us in whatever way you see fit. But we ask it for your honor and for your glory to the saving of souls in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Amen.